Hey everybody, welcome back to Somebody Save Us, a Smallville retrospective where we do a deep dive into each and every episode of the 2000s TV hit Smallville. I'm Steve. I'm Paul. And this week we've got Season 1, Episode 7, Craving. So, hey, yeah, Paul, we... You... Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, um, we are covering Craving this week, and uh, this is kind of the first... I think this is the first episode, like, I, I think I mentioned this last episode, but this is the first one where we've got a returning writer and we've got a returning uh, director. Um, and I think both of these guys either write and direct several episodes through the series, so... Um, but it's it just worth mentioning that we've got like the director of Metamorphosis and the writer from Cool on this one. Um, yeah, and that's. Uh, do we want to? Do we got any top of show business or anything we want to talk about this week? I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. Um, we're getting kind of, uh, or we were. We were getting kind of ahead of ourselves um, as far as like getting episodes recorded. Um, so we did a, 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 a listener shout out on the last show, which was actually about two weeks after we got the recording. So just, I guess, a, a little bit of an apology to uh, Lee Kal-El Clark for, for our um, reciprocative love, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, if, if you're going to write in, call in, uh, leave us a voice message, we are going to try to have you on the show, assuming that the content is something that we want to include. Um, but it might be a little bit. And uh, if we start getting enough people, then we might just do like uh, call and answer shows where you guys uh, leave us messages, ask questions, give us your feedback, and we'll just do like a mailbag type of episode. I know me and Paul have talked about that in the past. Yeah. And I think we would both love to do something like that. But we need your interaction for that to, to, to be possible. Yeah, I, I mean, if we hit, like, uh, I can't even remember how many episodes are in this season. I think it's 21. But if we hit episode 11 uh, and we have enough, maybe episode 12 becomes kind of our mid-season break. Um, and uh, we could do something like that. Kind of a shorter thing, um, but like an episode nonetheless. Maybe even, maybe even it wouldn't even count as the episode for that week. It would just be an extra thing. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Uh, uh, kind of weirdly small related. Uh, it is, today is September 1st, as we're recording this, uh, 2019. And uh, last night, Paul and I's, Paul, Paul's and I's, Paul, Paul and my, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> grammar is a bitch. Um, uh, mine and Paul's hometown was buzzed by a meteorite last night. Lit up the whole fucking night sky. Me and Paul totally missed it. Yep. I was asleep. <laughs> um, I was not. I was, you know, probably falling down a YouTube rabbit hole. I actually, I'll guarantee I was falling down a YouTube rabbit hole because I've just discovered Funhouse. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, small, not very so small crush on Elise Williams. I know she's married. But it's like, she's just fucking cool. Um... And Canadian, what a surprise! And uh, so I, I hate that. Like, I know nothing about that. I need, I need to, I, I'm certainly not one of them. Uh, I um, 
being like an astronomy fan, like a huge astronomy fan, if you go to my my uh, Twitter, it's littered with like uh, James Webb Space Telescope stuff. Uh, I'm actually really heartbroken that I missed seeing a meteorite crash to Earth or at least fly over and light up the night sky because that's something I have never seen. And what are the chances that I'll ever get another shot at that? Yeah, like I... I'm sad I missed it too, but like I didn't see it until this morning. I was like, God, there's nothing I can do about that. Watch it's a couple true. videos. It's true. But I just like, what if it was a baby from another planet? Yeah, could be. Could be. If you found a baby from another planet, would you name him Clark? You know what the problem is? Is it buzzed us, flew overseas, and then crashed to Russia, and now we're just going to get red, like we're going to get red uh, sun? Uh, red sun. <laughs> Red Sox Superman. We're in trouble now. Um, I, I wanted to, I can't find a segue for it because I just really wanted to somehow get in there like a Baby Clark song. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, Baby Clark. Baby Clark. Baby Clark. You know what? Baby Clark. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're How dare like, you? I'm going to bet How like everybody you? just shut it off. And nobody is coming back. You don't even this have to be... quit the podcast. It's just like we just shed every listener we ever had. You just you just killed it. You basically took our, our fledgling podcast and just choked it out in its crib. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way else I was going to get that joke in there. It had to be done. I Realistically, I wish I would have thought about it while we were doing the fucking pilot when they actually found Clark. Jesus. Well, no, because then you really would have ended it right there. Well, I, I don't know. I would. Hopefully, we have some forgiving listeners. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I don't, Paul, I don't forgive uh, you. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> we'll be okay. We just have to work together. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to work through this. All right. So, episode seven, hunger. Jump us into the episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the. The very first scene is just at the greenhouse. Um, we see uh, a guy walking in, and uh, we see Amy Adams, uh, kind of in a rubber face. Fucking Adams. Uh, there's the answer to the hint from last week. Uh, Lois Lane. Soon to be Lois Lane. Part of the, like, like I said, the weird Superman family that keeps happening. Uh, is that people who are involved in Superman somehow keep showing up in Supermanish things? Yeah, or even just Superman adjacent things like other DC shows. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, the um, it's uh, so she's she's like pulling veggies, uh, some carrots and stuff, and out of the dirt. But and it's like completely unsubtle the little ch chunks of meteor rock that are just in like the, the soil is rotten with meteor rock. It is the weirdest thing because like, and I mean, again, going back to the machete in the barn from last week, um, I don't know a lot about farming. I'm not a farmer. Uh, I had a bonsai tree once and it died and I took care of it for another six months. Cause I didn't realize it was dead. That being said, <laughs> true story. Uh, that being said, I know that when you're trying to grow something, you remove the rocks from the soil. Yeah. Like, that's just something that you do. So the fact that there are like green glowing rocks in the soil and they're like, ah, it's all right. Just leave it. Yeah. Lazy farmers. Also, 
just want to point out my stupidity. When they walk into like the greenhouse, the greenhouse is uh, the, like it's like a family greenhouse. They've got their own little growing up going on, and it's called yeah. Melville Farms right. or something like that. And I literally got mad for a second. I was looking at this. I'm like, fucking lazy production designers. The name of the show is fucking Smallville, and you can't even get that right. And it was about 30 <laughs> seconds before I was, oh, it's probably actually just somebody's name. <laughs> You're just outraged for no reason. You're about to start Absolutely. writing a strongly worded letter 10 years after like the fact. entering dementia so early, it's not convenient whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's never convenient. We're probably not, actually. But yeah, so like he he kind of walks in and he's offering that maybe they get some takeout or something tonight. And uh, she uh, quickly declines, saying the only thing I'm eating from now on is right here. Um, and she's got like her bucket. It's got like uh, some celery and carrots and uh, like turnips and everything that Mario two characters throw at enemies um, is there. Nice. I didn't um, see any. Yeah, no mushrooms. Um, no mushrooms. Uh, I think it's like it right after that. It's a scene at school, um, and uh, she's. Uh, I think this is the first time we find out what her name is. Her name is Jody. Um, she's working on something like of kind of like a weight loss motivation scrapbook situation. She's cutting the heads off of uh, off of uh, swimsuit models and pasting her own head on them and chloe shows up and uh with pete and asks for a little math help um and i guess clark is busy with uh pl helping to plan lana's birthday party so we find out that right here um so the lana birthday party thing is a weird I mean, it, it pays off. I think it pays off personally. Like, this isn't... Well, just right off the top of the bat, folks. Uh, Amy Adams being, like, a great guest star. Although this was Amy Adams before she was Amy Adams. Um, uh, this is not a good episode. It's not... A, oh, it's not horrible. It's definitely not the worst Smallville episode we're going to see. Uh, it's not great in any way, shape, or form. But I think, like, this, the planning of Lana's birthday is just a very weird B story. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is this is, like, another uh, instance of, like, a Lana B story kind of having very little meat on its bones and then having a nice payoff at the end of it. It is a fantastic payoff. I do like that. I, I liked it a lot. Um, they they spend so they they do such a like a pretty poor job of walking us up to that point. Um, well, we get see, a couple. Of I, well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I didn't think so because I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I don't know if you did. I, I did because uh, like we'll we'll get to that point, but um, as we discuss as the plot points come up, like as part of that B story, they don't integrate very well. Like the stories, the beast plot could have been like Lana's birthday plot could have been in a completely different episode and it wouldn't have affected anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, although I will say, you know what? Keep going. We'll get there as we get there. Because as certain things happen, I start asking questions that I don't think I've ever really necessarily asked about certain characters in Smallville before. Or at least not this early 
into the right. series. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, the next thing is they're in the hall and uh, like uh, Jody is pouring. Um, I don't know if she's pouring into a, into a glass or what she's doing, but she's pouring out her smoothie and Pete is like totally grossed out by the green smoothie situation going on. And a couple of jocks show up and the one with like the very late nineties hair situation asks uh if pete wants to go come shoot hoops or keep whale watching and pete tells them really quickly to knock it off but the guys passes the ball over and it hits the thermos of gak and it just splashes all over (laughs) gak um i'll be honest like this is uh it's like early 90s so or no so early 2000s um So it's kind of, it's very pre like inter- internet PC culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that dude's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like I, there, there's, there's never a time where acting like that is is uh, uh, was um, good. Was good. Well, yeah, was good or acceptable in any way, shape, or form. And I, I'm gonna be honest, like I think, yeah, like he throws the ball, like you said, they spill the the smoothie, and uh, yeah. and and uh, Pete fucking flies it right back at dude's face and i think he i think pete underreacted yeah yeah well like he uh because after she gets splashed she runs off and that douche makes a crack about uh her size and it being relative to the thickness of her skin and pete blasts him with the ball yeah and chloe remarks about someone so stupid needing a thicker skull which, uh, I mean, that kind of, yeah, not, not the greatest insult, Chloe. You could have gone, you could have done better. Yeah. You could have not, done not better. the best, not the best job Chloe's done so yeah. far. She did. Chloe's clever. Yeah. So uh, I, a little disappointed. Uh, and I mean, realistically, Pete should have just broke the guy's nose. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a punchable offense. Hundred percent. That dude is canceled. Oh. Uh, so at home, like we we kind of move around with Jody a lot on the in this episode. Like it's a lot of the the A story is sort of her. Um, Clark is actually not even really in the episode that much if you really think about it. Um, so we see her at home blending more of the green stuff, and her dad trying to do his best to encourage a healthier outlook, saying that she's already beautiful and all of that, and she's not really having any of it. Um, the, um when she's like making these smoothies and everything i just want to like go on record and in a way give props to and shame the foley artists on this because yeah. man they've there's like a lot of like wet pouring sloshing slappy sounds like it yeah. it's it's almost like if you closed your eyes it's almost pornographic the, the sound of these milkshakes. So, yeah, it sounds it, it sounds like me on the toilet after I've had a kale shake. Uh, like, that's what it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was I'm trying sorry. to paint a pretty image, and Paul went totally the other fucking I way went with it. Way off with it. Yeah, All sorry. Right. Anyway, We're, but yeah, so but like me, like she's kind of having none of it. But in the bathroom, like, I guess maybe some of that kale is giving her a little bit of grumble guts. Um, and, like, she's standing on the scale, and she just suddenly loses, like, 20 pounds. And 
and also some of that facial prosthesis. Some of it. I didn't at first realize. I was like, she didn't look right after yeah. she lost some of the weight. Like, the, the, the fat yeah. suit's okay. It's passable. Yeah. But I didn't realize that she still had a little bit of the prosthetic on her face. And maybe, yeah. I don't know. I didn't notice if she's still wearing a bit of a fat suit. She, I think she was. I think there's like a middle, there's like the fat suit. And then they put her into like a slightly different one um, where like more of her natural face is there. But the double chin is still present. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, like, but yeah, she loses like 20 something pounds or something like that. Um, and she's kind of looking at herself in the mirror and we get opening credits. And I think that's kind of, it doesn't seem like it was an overly long uh, cold open, but I think it's one of the longer ones that we've gotten um, up to this point. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I didn't even realize that it took long to get to the credits. But if it, yeah. if that was it, then that, yeah, that was a long open. Yeah. A lot of shit happens at that in that first, I guess, five or ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, when we come back, do we automatically start with Lex? Yeah, that's where we're at. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, Lex is running on his treadmill, and uh, his doctor tells him about some unusually high white blood cells, uh, to which Lex kind of shrugs and claims that he'd never get sick. Um, the doctors ask him questions about childhood illness and stuff like that, and he says, "Yeah, I had asthma, but that stopped the day he lost his hair." Um, which I thought that was a cool, uh, just like a little cool character note. Uh, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a Superman lore kind of thing. Like, like there are, there are levels of Lex Luthor in, in throughout history where he's like just a crazy fucking mad scientist. There yeah. are other ones where he's the epitome of what a man can be kind of like on par right. with Bruce Wayne, like super genius, super fit, like six feet, eight, you know, 210 pounds of fucking muscle, but he's also a genius and. Yeah. super rich and then that's why like a uh, kind of an excuse of why he's jealous of superman because superman without trying is better than him in every way um yeah and just i don't born, know if it's like born better yeah exactly and and just like a better human being and lex does his entire life dedicates it to being a god among men and just will never match um and then i i don't remember ever hearing like lex having like a a super immune system but I was watching this, and then he like brought that up, and it's not even necessarily that important, but it is kind of cool because um, there is a condition out here, and I've actually known someone with it where your immune system is so superpowered it actually like kills off all your hair, all your yeah. hair follicles, so you're just naturally yeah. bald. And I was like, that's kind of cool that Lex can't get sick, and that might be why he can't grow hair because it's all traced right back to the meteor shower. Oh my god, something I didn't even it didn't even occur to me right until right this second. And I can't I can't imagine I can't picture him right now. Does Lex Luthor have eyebrows? I think he does. I think Michael I, Rosenbaum does. Yeah, but I can't like I for a minute there I was like, is he like like a Whoopi Goldberg type of situation? Well, no, or she like shaves like... all her off or whatever, right? Uh, you know what? That's a good uh, more. Yeah, I think you're thinking more akin to like powder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, which is a, another fucking movies from like the '90s. Kids, you should like watch this with a notepad and start writing shit down. You're gonna get some obscure shit in there that you've never seen or heard of. Um, yeah. I, you know what? Now that I mention it, now that you mention it, I don't 
no. I'll have yeah. to look. I'll have to pay attention to the next episode. Yeah. Because I've never watch. really. We're on eyebrow watch. I, I would think he does because I would think he would notice. I think it would stand out a lot more if he didn't. Yeah, I think he's got to because I think it, it, it he does a lot of facial acting. Yeah, and I think that would really restrict his ability to. Although he doesn't like arch eyebrows or anything, really. Not really, no. Well, that's interesting. Going to have to pay attention on episode eight. But yeah, like, uh, but yeah, so he's running on the treadmill and the doctor, you know, tells him what he thinks, that he thinks that he's pretty vocal about the widely held belief that the plant, the plant polluting the environment is what has caused so many problems around Smallville. And Lex doubts that very much. And he uh, goes ahead and like orders further tests to find out what's going on with him. Okay, so now Lex is getting this guy to test him. Yeah. Or he's like getting a physical for insurance or like what like do we know why he's getting tested or like has did I, they explain that at all? I think the uh the idea is maybe it was like it's it's just his yearly checkup, but oh, okay. uh some extra stuff has come up. Like this white blood cell thing is a new oh. From yeah, a yeah, phenomenon? Yeah. Like, cells going nuts, and he's like, what, so you're saying I have leukemia? And he's like, well, no, quite the opposite. You're, like, perfectly fucking healthy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, yeah, he orders further tests to be done, because, obviously, Lex being Lex, gotta know. Um, uh, so, at Lana's, this is the first uh, um, scene that Clark's actually in. Um, at Lana's, they wrap up studying... And Lana thanks Clark while commenting on kind of the birthday plans. I assume this is the reason why it's such a big deal. It's got to be her sweet 16, right? You know what? I was watching this entire episode and I kept thinking that. And I'm like, D well, I didn't think it the entire episode. I thought it towards the end. And I'm like, has they, have they said at all how old Lana is? It's got to be 16, right? Is it, you think? Because are be. they? Oh, they're freshmen. Yeah, they're 10th graders, right? And it's oh. been... 12 but years I, since since the meteor shower. So It's got to be that. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And that makes sense for why it's such a big deal. Because I'm like, is she 18 now? Or, or like, because they don't ever, they, yeah. yeah, but they don't ever specify it. But, like, 17's not a huge birthday. 18's kind of big, but not as big in the States as it is here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's the, the thing. The thing about it, though, is that the show... I think maybe on purpose never really tells us how old these people are. They don't, because uh, I think they're, they're very cognizant of the fact that they have 20 year olds, 20 somethings playing like 15, 16 year olds, and they don't want to draw too big of a circle around that. Right. So That's we fair. never really do find out how old they are. Ever. Yeah. Because we just because have to even, keep track like, through the seasons. Like, yeah. Kristen Crook is maybe one of the younger looking cast members. And even watching this, you're watching like there's if they were like, it's her sweet 16. I'd be like, there's no way that girl's 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, Tom Welling's obviously mid twenties in this. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Cause now, cause now I'm starting to think of it. And I'm like, so what Clark is 16, 17. No, I mean, maybe because he's Superman, maybe, but then you look at Pete, Pete's not 16, 17. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We, we solved that mystery. Thanks, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, so they're talking about that, and uh, but Clark is kind of point trying to put the bright side on it. Like, well, it sounds like a party at Lexus sounds like fun. Sounds like a like a good a good way to do it. Um, but then outside, Whitney shows up, and he's got like news about uh, like a scout was at a game, and uh, kind of Clark just excuses himself, but not before no. we get our not before we get our patented longing look. Oh, it's a longing look from Smallville. We need like a romantic saxophone, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, which we can't do because the editing software that I'm using to edit this makes me means I have to like cut something, drop something in, and then and then yeah. go back and so we can't like overlay, which sucks, which I would love to be able to do. But the thing is, Clark Whitney shows up. Hey, guess what? Lana, blah, blah, blah. Lana's like, oh, you know, there's a scout there. He's like, yeah, I got to try out with Kansas University, I think he said. I can't remember. Yeah. And, you know, Clark feeling awkward and shitty that, like, dude, stop macking on my future girlfriend. Um, but he's like, hey, congratulations, Whitney. And Whitney doesn't even fucking acknowledge, acknowledge him. There. I'm like, yeah. what a prick. Like, I understand that you two are, like, not best friends or whatever. And, Whitney's probably a little like, why are you spending so much time with my girlfriend? And Clark's like, remember that time you kidnapped me, prick? Yeah. But like yeah. to not even like, oh, thanks, Clark. Like, hey, congratulations, Whitney. Oh, thanks, Clark. That's all you got to say. Doesn't That's say all you a thing say. to him. You don't have to shake his fucking hand. You don't got to do anything. Just, oh, thanks, Clark. And then Clark's just like, okay, well, I'm going to walk away now. And like nothing. Like, it's some cold yeah. shit, man. Yeah, yeah. And that the I think the next scene there uh, it's uh, it's Clark and Pete and Chloe are walking through like the school grounds and they walk past Jody, who says kind of hi to Pete and uh, like he's like dumbstruck, like he yeah. completely can't talk at all. And she... yeah, which is weird because he's always like up until this point and from now on is kind of like like a pimp. You know, yeah. like, he's good with women, he doesn't have a problem, blah, 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 blah. And now, like, this is the one interaction where he's, like, questions himself. So is he that yeah. taken aback? And, I mean, maybe he's just, like, immediately put off because she dropped, like, 50 pounds overnight? Yeah, like, uh, like Pete's standing there grinning, and Clark's, like, from behind, nudges him. He's, like, asks him to be her date, and he's, like, Clark's, like, he'd love to. Um, but, yeah, Pete's just kind of standing there grinning. Um, like an idiot. but yeah, like they've, but yeah, this is like this is like kind of the, I think the last time we see Jody in like that middle ground kind of suit. Yeah, right. I think she goes She's, to school or she goes home right after school, and then I don't know if she has another shake or. Yeah, this is where she no, this is where she uh yeah she has like another uh, like a attack or whatever, um and then she goes like munchy wild right. But I think before that, uh, like, Lana arrives to pick up the produce order um, and turns down a coffee. Like, there's a little bit of a coffee joke, waitressing flashback situation. But I... Clark walks in carrying, like, the three baskets of, like, potatoes and apples and stuff like that. And he's talking about how he jammed the posts uh, through on the West Field or something like that. Yeah, he, so he, okay, this scene was weird to me. Because I, I, I don't get, like, why, because it seems like they, and I don't know if it was, Smallville's going to get here, folks, and we'll start pointing it out. 
At some point, Smallville becomes the worst show on television for product placement. Yeah. And I was wondering if this was like an early example of it. Because like that cappuccino machine was fucking mm-hmm. weird. It was just like out of the middle of nowhere. And like Martha's yeah. reading the instructions. And I was like, is this supposed to be like the C story in this episode? That the kids <laughs> bought a fucking cappuccino machine? It was so <laughs> weird. <laughs> It was just like oh. out of nowhere. And it was like, okay, I guess you just wanted it for the weird coffee joke. And then yeah. Clark comes in with three bushels of apples, which you got to think pretty heavy, but he's carrying it like it's nothing. And he doesn't notice that Lon is there. And he's like, hey, Dad, I got the, I got the fences built in the north sector, north acre, or whatever, north hector. Yeah. Um, ran into some granite, but I just pushed it straight through. And then he turns around and sees Lana, and everybody's like, uh, what the fuck? And the thing is, I bet you Lana wouldn't have questioned it whatsoever. Yeah. But he's yeah. like, uh, I had, had a sledgehammer. <laughs> like, well, she's yeah, like, okay. well, she kind of, she kind of blinks and is like, impressive. Yeah. She's like, I had a sledgehammer. But the thing, my head cannon for that, for that cappuccino machine was that this set, like the Kent's inside house set was somehow that episode's craft services area and they just forgot to move the machine. <laughs> like, because <laughs> yeah, it's never been there before. Like, right? It's like a Game of Thrones coffee cup moment. Like, why is there a yeah. Starbucks up there? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so yeah, like he, um, she kind of leaves. Oh no, that's, that's not even, that's not even what it is. Like Clark offers Cause she's she's still worried about her birthday, but Clark offers to be her escort for the night. Oh yeah, because Whitney's not going to be there because he's going to meet the scout. So yeah. Clark, for the second time in the series, asks out another dude's girlfriend. Yeah, scumbag Clark. Yeah, what the fuck, man? You're supposed to be like the moral high ground, kind of a douchey yeah. move. Yeah, but Martha was eavesdropping and then kind of comments that she doesn't want to see him hurt. Like sees what he's doing. Right? Yeah. Like, doesn't want him to get hurt. You know, move on. But, uh, no, just, one of my, I think, yeah, when but, I, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You, you go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when I said earlier in the episode that watching this episode, uh, even though it's not a great episode, I started asking questions that I never really asked this early on in viewing. Mm. So this is the second time Clark has asked out Lana. They're constantly hanging out. He knows things about her that even Whitney hasn't noticed, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that Lana's actually oblivious to how Clark feels? Do you think she knows he's got, like, a crush on her? Do you think she reciprocates that at all? Or do you think she thinks that Clark is just, like, a nice guy in the, like, quote-unquote friend zone? I th- I don't think she does know. I think okay. maybe there was a, the first inkling spark of that there might be more appeared in the last episode when they were in the limo, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause oh, I, I mean, the I'm episode sure she, before that, I guess. Um, wait, what episode? That was cool. Yeah, before. that was cool. Yeah. Um, cause I'm sure she thinks Clark is attractive. I mean, the yeah. dude's like six foot two, you know, dark hair, blue eyes, handsome motherfucker. Yeah. So, you gotta think that she thinks he's attractive. But I just like I'm trying to ga- gauge this because, like. I don't think I, it is I, obvious to her. I don't think it is obvious to her. Yeah, because if she, if it is obvious to her and she knows this, then is she kind of stringing him along? But then further in the episode... Um, 
because she never once like and i mean she did i think earlier in maybe episode two like look at clark and go well, i have a boyfriend clark but she's yeah. never really like put her foot down you know what i mean and she's i don't think i i don't recall her ever explicitly although she shouldn't have to she has a boyfriend she's yeah. never explicitly said to clark i have a boyfriend we're just friends yeah i i think i think that that part where we're just friends for her doesn't need to be said. I think because she isn't yet even at the point where she would even, she, I don't think she gets what Clark is doing. Right. Okay. Like I think that's, it's that's not obvious well. to her. And so that's why she's not coming down so much on the, I have a boyfriend, etc. Like we're just friends explaining because she actually does think that that's all they are like. And that in, her narrative, that is the truth, right? That's her truth. Um, but Clark is the one that would kind of, I guess, have to man up and 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 say something to the contrary if he wanted things to change, right? Yeah, well, Clark is legitimately, absolutely being the inappropriate one. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. And I don't think, and I don't even think it's really inappropriate as if you take if you take it from Lana's perspective at face value, he's just offered to be her escort for the night. And that's at face value, all he's offered. Right. So. Oh no. From uh, Lana's perspective, I'm not saying yeah, he's being inappropriate. Exactly. I'm saying from Clark's perspective, he's being inappropriate because yeah. although, and I mean, okay, I'm going to out myself here at this point. Um, yeah. I've been in Clark's shoes before and done exactly what Clark's doing where it's like, Oh no, no, I can handle us being just friends as long as I get to be around you. I right. get it. You have someone, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Time passes. Shit gets complicated. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not shitting on Clark here, if only because I don't feel like shitting on myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're looking in the mirror right now. It's, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty like uh, pot kettle black thing going on in, in Steve's neck of the woods. So, right. um, yeah, okay. I was just trying to like gauge what's going on here because I wanted to know how... And I, I don't want to say oblivious because Lana's not a stupid person. I just didn't know where she stood in this whole thing because I do kind of believe that Clark has good intentions and thinks that he can just be her friend. But I also know that, and we'll get there, Lex is in the background pushing both of them. Yeah, yeah. So, Especially right. in Cool. He's, he was really doing that in Cool. Yes. Well, he does it here again in this. Yeah, uh, during like a party planning, or he does it a couple times, I think. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay. But right, so yeah, so back at Jody's, um, she, um, she's talking about how she's got a date for the for the dance, and it kind of to and to kind of assuage some of his fears, says, you know what, I'm not, I'm done counting calories. I'm going to eat something. Blah blah blah. Um, and he kind of leaves again. But she goes on out into the bathroom and uh, on the scale, and she has lost like another twenty pounds. So she's barely across the hundred pound line at this point. Um, and she gets hit by the biggest case of the munchies ever. Like there's got to be some other green shit in that those smoothies. Well, maybe it's legal in Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> now, as someone who like about 10 years ago, really ballooned up. I quit smoking. I started snacking instead, uh, you know, hanging out in bars a lot. I was just living a really unhealthy lifestyle. I gained a shitload of weight. 
Uh, I'm not a very tall guy. I'm like 5'8". I ballooned up to about 212 pounds. I had 212 pounds on a 5'8 frame. Pretty hefty. Uh, nice. Someone who's been trying to lose all that weight since then, um, mm. I would 100% take at least a couple shots of the green shit here. Yeah. I have, uh, yeah, that that first one where you where she lost the twenty, that's about what I'm looking looking at. Yeah, you know what? That'd be fine. And she seemed yeah. like in control at that point. I think this was the last shake that pushed her over. So yeah, yeah. can we just go on record though at right now saying how fucking amazing Amy Adams has aged? Yeah. Unbelievable. She looks the same. She looks the same. Like her hair's a little darker now, maybe. But yeah. uh, Hollywood does that to redheads. They always make it a little bit redder. Um, yeah, just phenomenal. I was amazed that when she first showed up, she's in the fat suit and whatever, and you're like, okay, what's well, Amy Adams? Ah, she looks kind of the same. But when they take off all the makeup, it's like, yeah. holy shit, she really does look almost exactly the same. Like, she maybe has, you know, put on a tiny bit of weight, but I think she's a mom of, like, three kids now, so that's going to happen. But yeah. other than that, yeah. exactly the same. It's phenomenal. Incredible. Yeah. But yeah, while she's on this munchie spree, she just makes a real upsetting mess. Like, I was just like, what do you, what, no, there's so, so much on the floor. Like, what do you, like, this, I was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was watching that too. I'm like, I'm not going to No, 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 no. And then and she then throws she, like, the blender at the wall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually so, like, irrationally mad about that. Look at the fucking mess you are making. Um, <laughs> that better not be a blend tech. <laughs> More product placement from Smallville. Um, this wasn't the one that really, like, it was, up, it upset me, but the next time she's, like, uh, a gorging actually really fucking bothered me for a different reason. Yeah, this is, this is the one, yeah, where it, it actually cuts right to it because she's on the road and the passenger seat is just full of burgers. <laughs> just take containers and burger containers and she's just eating, like, as she's driving and she hits the deer. Yeah, uh, I, I, I suspect that that wasn't a real deer. Oh, uh, no, no. I just, I just, I think they, like, found, like, some early 1970s um, computer animation from, like, a how to stay safe while hunting guide, and they right. just copied and pasted onto the road, and they were like, that's good enough. Yeah, was not and good it enough. it wasn't. <laughs> no. And it never was. No, it was like... It's like the rough outline of a deer, but there you can't identify any hair on it. It kind of looks like it's been molded out of clay. <laughs> it looks like it looks like a 3D target for 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 archery practice. Yes, there it you go. Like, yeah, it's like it looks, a, yeah, buy, it looks like something you buy at Cabela's for 120 bucks. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so she hits the deer, and so she stops, and she's approaching it, and she's kind of clutching at her guts and the music is swelling as she's kind of staring hungrily at it. And then we see her just like unhinge her jaw and then just get down on some of that venison. And it's, this is like, um, the unhinging jaw thing. I have a note on like, uh, you could do impressive things with a jaw like that. Uh, you make a lot of money in certain uh, movie industries, right? Um, live stage shows, right? Um, yeah. It, 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 don't we see this, or isn't this like? Have we not seen this exact same effect already? 
Or do we not see it again later? Like, has someone not unhinged their jaw The unhinging jaw, I think Spider-Greg did that when he killed his mom. There, thank you. That is what it was, yes. Yeah. When he spit out the webs. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's, it's... I was hoping for a little bit more horror in this scene. Because, like, I didn't remember... What? Yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't remember. Off. I didn't remember the. Yeah, I didn't remember the apparatus of her power. Like I thought she was literally feasting on this thing. Well, that's what makes sense because she's fucking eating everything else, right? Like, yeah. So I figured that's what it was going to be. Like it was going to be gore. So when in a scene or two from now, Clark and Chloe go to find the corpse of the deer, uh, right? Like, what is going on now? Yeah, I think they, yeah, I think she, uh, she kind of, like, they sort of, like, she wants to look into it. Like, I think it's the very next scene where she wants to look into it, but um, Clark, the the Kents have kind of connections with animal animal control, and so she agrees to help with uh, present ideas for Lana if they can go check it out. And so they immediately, like, it's like, they're really speeding through that that part of the story. I was, you know what, I was actually really mad at Clark in this scene. Yeah. Because he's, okay, number one, he's spying on Lana and Whitney. Yeah. Right? He's, like, looking through his telescope, and Whitney's, like, you know, talking with his girlfriend. They're kind of flirting it up or whatever. Also yeah. very weird is that they've got a song playing in the background, and the first thing you hear is the singer going, Satan. And then he, the song, like, continues. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> just say, like, it's like, Satan, you know where I lie, or something like that. Very weird. I'm like, that's fucking weird as you like so like okay all right i don't understand what's going on and then chloe shows up and she starts like talking to clark about the deer or or the weirdness or what's going on and clark like flat out starts treating chloe like shit yeah like really just like i don't have fucking time for you blah 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 and continues to treat her like shit until chloe agrees to do a favor for him and then he's like oh hey yeah that's a great idea we're best friends ha like yeah I was really disappointed, Clark. Be better. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, it's a weird because I think part of it is he's she busts his balls about being a creep with the telescope, but he goes a little too far uh, with being upset with her about it. But but he doesn't have a leg to stand on. You no, are being a fucking creep. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. Like he, yeah, he had no leg to stand on there. Um, but yeah, I think they like they very quickly cut over to like the office where this is happening, and I, Clark's excuse, like his poll, was to ask if they could use the bathroom. Um, but and then and, so he needs to use the bathroom, and they agree to let both of them go. Right. Hey, I need to use the bathroom. Can she come with me? Like, all right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not questioning anything. I'm just questioning everything. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is like uh, so, work. Um, Chloe tries the door. Uh, they find the door pretty quick, but she tries it and it can't get. She can't get open, so she tries to go find somebody like, like custodian or somebody to let them in. Like, how's that going to work? So Clark walks over to the door and he just kind of pokes the lock out with his finger, and he's like, "It's he open." Starts doing this quite a bit actually now. Yeah, and Chloe like barely interrogates this at all. She just kind of does like. He calls it Kent Charm, and she's wanting to get a look at this deer corpse, right? So I don't think she really thinks about it that much. But we find out that it looks like basically beef jerky. How many breaking in at B&E's has Clark been involved in now? I think every episode. 
<laughs> probably. I mean, it's pretty fucking accurate, I think. And he's like, he's got no qualms about it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I do. It's such a cheap, practical effect. But yeah. it's so, it's so effective. Yeah. At just, like, knocking the tumbler out of the lock. It's very cool. I like it. Um, yeah. yeah, finding the beef jerky deer. That's when I was, yeah. like, a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh. Show okay. us. Don't tell so us. Just, Show us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like, it doesn't, like, I want to see, and I mean, sure, it's gory or whatever, but I want to see, like, the shredded remains. I want to see just right. a giant a hole, like, an empty rib cage. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. and I, I, you understand why you don't, they don't show it. And then you understand even more so later on when she like takes her first victim. Um, and I'm even more disappointed with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what is next? I think that's it. Yeah. They, they, he, Clark makes like a kind of fat sucking vampire joke. Um, and uh, she she kind of reminds she sort of reminds us and Clark that this is Smallville that it's not that weird. Um, yeah, she which seems actually is right. Less, like yeah. you've seen weirder things in the last four weeks, Clark. Yeah, yeah. Fire doesn't make sense. Water doesn't make sense. Although I guess at this point Chloe doesn't know what Clark has seen. No, she doesn't know. No, exactly. Yeah, she's seen enough. She has seen enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I didn't yeah, really think uh, about that. Yeah. But yeah. So Lex, uh, Lex is perusing the, the the torches GeoCities webpage. Um, like there's just a really quick scene of Lex looking up the torch and looking looking into stuff. Um, and then we're back at Jody's again, and she he's kind of standing outside. Uh, her dad's standing outside the bathroom and letting her know that he's going to be in Metropolis because he's got a close this deal um but that he's worried about her um but she won't let him see her and convinces him you know that uh she'll be she'll be well enough um to leave her alone um this is kind and of then, a, a sad scene yeah like I, I i you actually do really feel for i don't mean like as much as a lot of the bad guys in this show are like bad guys yeah she never really seems like she gets the crazy part of the no, of no. the media rocks, you know, like like most of the villains get their superpowers, but they also go a little bit crazy. Where she yeah. really does seem like a complete victim of the circumstance. Like I feel like I'm fucking starving to death. There's nothing I can do about it. All I ever yeah. wanted was to be skinny and pretty. And like you can see her dad like very worried about her because he's like he doesn't know that this shake is doing these things to her. So. In his mind, like, yeah. is she in the bathroom? Is she just fucking, like, sticking her finger down her throat this whole time? Like, he's genuinely really concerned about her. Right. And just, like, that final couple, like, honey, I just want to know that you're happy. And she just kind of whispers, I am, daddy. It's, like, very, very sad, the whole yeah, thing. Like yeah, a shot yeah. of her just surrounded by food. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, uh... Now, and then, this, we, sorry, I just... Because he said he's going to Metropolis for work. And I'm right. probably wrong, but was this the first mention of Metropolis? No, like, because they mention it. They mention it. They mention it in a couple other episodes too, like the one where, uh, like, uh, Lex and or, or Clark and Lana were going to be going to that concert, right? The Radiohead concert in Metropolis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm like, that can't be possible. We have like, not been. No, I'm like, Metropolis, first time. So We've not been to Metropolis yet, but we'll, oh. we'll get there next episode. Um, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah with Jitters. Um, yeah, so, um, but at the school, Lex is hanging out in the torch, looking at the wall of weird and kind of having made an excuse to come by uh, to talk about the computer lab. The wall of weird in this. I don't know why, but I fucking burst out laughing. Because the Wall of Weird's supposed to be like all this insane, crazy stuff. And the article closest to Lex's eyeline is a farmer holding up a giant carrot. And it just says, <laughs> a two-foot carrot. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay, <laughs> congratulations, Smallville. <laughs> oh, no. But, um, but yeah, uh, so uh, Clark is there. Um you know, Lex is talking about, you know, that he kind of believes some of this stuff. And Lex asks where Clark was at the time of the meteor shower and kind of recounts his experience. And Clark is like, yeah, sorry about that. I don't, um, I don't know what to tell you. And Clark um, apologizes. Yeah. And then uh, Lex kind of goes on to say that he learned to think of his baldness like a gift. And he th- that it kind of helped define him because initially he kind of thought it was a curse. You know, but he learned to accept it. I'm just going to say this. And, yeah. and and Mr. Rosenbaum, if you ever listen to this, I'm not taking a shot at you currently. Uh, I very much appreciate you. I think you're an incredibly talented individual. Michael Rosenbaum looks way better bald. Like, he fucking rocks that look, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I agree. Michael Rosenbaum, bald, sexy motherfucker. Michael Rosenbaum with hair? Every other dude. I remember seeing a horror movie with him the first time I ever saw him with hair. And he was clearly wearing a wig because it had to have been really close to production on Smallville. Yeah, I, th- I know what movie you're talking about. Um, um, and he looked insane. Like, I was like, yeah, what? He bad. Yeah. Have you ever seen him on, like, he does, he's done a, a bunch of, like, shorts for James Gunn and stuff. Like, he do- I think he did one where he plays, like, a crazy grown-up Charlie Brown. He did, uh, he's also, he's also in a show where he plays a, a pastor. Well, he plays a con man hiding out as, as a, a, as a yeah. yeah, as, as a, uh, priest, um, which I have not seen. I should probably watch it though. Cause I am like a huge Michael Rosenbaum fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, James Gunn, if you're ever listening, I'm just going to start calling out famous people <laughs> until they start <laughs> listening and taking my advice. Uh, James Gunn, if you ever do like Suicide Squad 3. Cast Michael Rosenbaum, man. He's part of the fucking DC family. Put him yeah. in there. Make him someone fucking cool. Will every that fan service people will get behind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's if he doesn't show up in the Arrowverse crossover this year, which I'm I'm positive he will. I I will stake my my I'll put money on it. Like, hey, if if you're uh, uh people listening to this, people who are like enjoy this podcast or whatever, we're do we're coming up on the final season of Arrow, uh, which is going to be like seven or eight episodes from what I hear, and that's it, but it's like this huge run-up, like every one is an event episode, and it's a run-up to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, so it's a huge Arrowverse finale uh, kind of crossover event between Batwoman and Arrow and, and, and The Flash and Legend of Tomorrow and whatever, and they're bringing in a bunch of old-school heavy hitters. I won't spoil anything here. Anyway... Long story short, if you guys want me and Paul to cover that in some way, let us know. Leave us messages, write us emails, hit us up on the Twitter. Um, 
because we're definitely going to watch it. There's no way in hell we're going to miss it. Because, like Paul just 100%. said, it sounds like they might be reuniting, re, reuniting some of the Smallville cast yeah. along with some of the more um, contemporary DC families. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, really, I, I really want Lex, M- Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor back. Oh God! Yes, so After all this so time. much, so much, and I'll take I'll take Tom Welling Superman. If Tom Welling Superman shows up, I'll be incredibly fucking happy. That'd be so great, no, especially if it was uh, Kingdom. If it was like Kingdom Come, Superman. Well, I've heard that's what Brandon Routh is getting. Okay, he's getting yeah. he's getting the Kingdom Come. Uh, which fine, he's the only one who's actually played Superman on screen on like the big screen. So I'm. Well, okay that's the thing is, that. he's also he's also going to be playing the Atom at the same time in the same episode. Yes. Well, we'll be, see because be they're weird. spoilers. I don't. I follow Brandon Roth on Twitter. They are killing yeah. him off. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I guess, but oh, um, um, but uh, but the thing is, and I, okay, this is like very long, long, long term spoilers, guys. We never do this. The the motto of the series is no flights, no tights. You never see Tom Welling in the suit. I want to yeah. see Tom Welling in the fucking suit. Yeah. So. Anyway, I just another quick, and this is like this is actually part of the episode. There's a um, Lex is looking at the wall of weird, and Chloe comes in, and they talk to Chloe for a little bit. For a second there, uh, Chloe smiles at at uh, Lex, and all I could think is how fucking exceptional uh, Alice and Mac would have been as Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Alice and Mac would have been a, an incredible Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, I I do get that. Like, I I know what you're talking about that scene because he uh, like Lex compliments her work on the torch and her theory about the wall of weird, and she gets like this really wide grin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's Especially the one. after like, yeah. he tells her about the summer job, the connections he's got for, at the Inquisitor, if she's interested. Um. But he, and then on the way out, he congratulates Clark on the birthday escort and mentions that he hopes that Clark got her a really good gift. And then Clark kind of panics, right? Like, yeah, he still has no idea. Yeah, he's not, no clue. Which, uh, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Do you know where the necklace is at this point? Uh, her necklace? Oh, no, no, hmm. no idea. I don't know what she's done with it at this point. Did, did Lex give it back to her? Uh, Clark Clark uh, left it for her, but it was oh, intimated right. that she that's believes right. that Whitney gave, brought it oh, back. Okay. That's but what she's she not believed. wearing it anymore, which no, is weird. No. Okay. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, for story reasons, I guess they probably can't have Clark doubling over every time he's in the room with her, right? Fair. Like, um, Hard to be sexy when you're shitting yourself. Yeah, gut rot. Um <laughs> Yeah, so so Pete and Chloe are talking in the halls, and Pete is concerned um, about Jody. Um, or no, Pete. Yeah, Pete runs into Jody in the halls, and she is getting like more more rumbles. And that Dustin guy is coming down the stairs, and he says that he's been watching her. And in he's the craziest of, fucking way. 
Yeah, yeah, he's like a real creeper, and he's asking if she's okay, and she kind of looks at him, and she's got like that hunger, but she mistakes the kind, he mistakes the kind of hunger she's got for like thirst. Like lust, <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. She's not hungry, she's thirsty. Yes. Um, but so she drags him off to show her some more of that new body of hers, right? Like, I guess that's the idea that he's been given. Um, and Clark finds Lana on the bleachers where she's um, kind of decided to tell Nell that the rest of the party, she can have it. And she tells Clark about the last time she was really, like her last really happy birthday. And like, I was thinking in this moment, like there's no way she could really remember this that clearly, right? Like she would have been three years old. I was the exact same thing the whole time. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like that's like, she's going into detail. But at the same time, part of me is just like, yeah, but her parents did die. So, like, would you? I mean, when you're that, that young, stuff, right? What's that? She probably like really like through all those years, really held on to all those memories. But yeah, and, and that's that's where my mind was going to to act to justify it as well. But then I start thinking, but when you're that young, do you have like the cognitive abilities? That are you cognizant enough to? think to yourself like this is important remember this yeah you know like i I don't i don't know i don't i'll just buy that maybe lana's got a fucking fantastic memory yeah and we can think about maybe yeah from maybe from age maybe when i was 16 i could remember stuff that uh happened to me when i was like a little kid maybe but i don't remember stuff that happened to me when i was 16 so my brain erases itself every seven years it seems like <laughs> pretty much just it's fucking so fresh slate. Like, like mm, damn it, gotta learn to read again. This is why I never learned from my mistakes. Well, it's, it's, it's the same yeah. So, but uh, like, I I actually noted in my in, in my notes, I was like, there is no way she can actually remember this. But whatever, like, um, but she. Though. But what it was is she talks about her parents took her to a drive-in movie. Um, and they sat, she sat between them and they were watching the previews and there was like a, like there was a, a Bugs Bunny cartoon and she was asleep before the actual movie started. Um, but it was the last time she really felt completely safe. And Clark is like, you can see the light bulb ding on the top of his head, but she's like really dealing with some like actual undiagnosed PTSD. Like, like (laughs) not, like not even, not even joke. I'm not even really joking about that. It's like. She clearly, oh, she's like, legit. the event. She's legitimately got trauma. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and the, uh, I will give, uh, like, huge props to Kristen Crook because she really does play that, and it's kind of the only card they give her for a long time, right. is that, like, um, kind of forlorn, um, bitter remembrance kind of thing. But she does it very well where it's, and where... Her memories are all very bittersweet because she was remembering the happy times, but but right under the smile, right behind the eyes, you can see like the sadness, like the loss is always right under the surface. And Kristen yeah. Crump fucking like knocks that shit out of the park every time. Yeah, and right like right at that scene, like in the same scene, we actually right at the tail end of it, we see Jody leading Dustin under the bleachers that lead to the boiler room. 
and like she's kind of walking with him behind her and like he's trying to he's kind of like starting to fiddle with her pants a little bit already like she kind of pulls away from him and talks about how you know he made her feel like you know that he basically made her want to kill herself and yeah when because uh, he's, he's like oh you want me or she's like oh you want me he's like oh i want you real bad or blah 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 whatever and she's like yeah is that what you were thinking about when i was fat when you made fun of me when i went home crying when you made me want to kill myself i was like jesus christ yeah like, and then she turns and just goes fucking kirby on his ass yep and my only note for that he deserved it yeah, <laughs> yeah. fuck you you're an asshole Clark, so this is the part where I sort of disagree. Like, uh, this is kind of the point counterpoint to your uh, like assertion that she doesn't really go crazy. This is the one moment where she kind of does some villainous shit because Clark hears the screams and X-rays the door and gets in there and he tries to like find her and she uses like somehow she has like intimate knowledge of the boiler room and turns a valve to try to burn his face with the steam. Yeah, like if it okay. had been anybody but Clark, she would have fried them. Yeah, and then probably yeah. eaten them too. Yeah, uh, yeah that's fair. Um, I yeah, maybe she was in like a feeding frenzy. Maybe she only loses her mind when she's hungry because she seems right. pretty well. Yes. Although I guess she's hungry all the time. Yeah. So yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. You win, Paul. You win this time. <laughs> um, the, the one note I have for this is like. Uh, Clark hears the rustling and they're screaming for help or whatever. I don't remember how he gets alerted that he's got to go down there and help. But he, like, kicks the door in, and I write the note down that um, I love Clark's complete disregard for public property because it's something that he'll carry with him long into the future while he's, like, tackling skyscrapers while fighting guys in the middle of the city. Like, Clark just does not give a shit about the amount of damage he does. None. None. But yeah, so, but yeah, like, so, but Clark bends the pipe closed that after he's been attacked and then he gets grabbed from behind, like sort of like a jump scare moment and by Dustin and Dustin is just like, he looks like, like, it's like a don't do meth moment. Oh, that's a good call. That's a good call. I was trying to find something in there. He's, yeah, he's all shriveled and he's like all elongated, like all the, yeah, yeah, like all the collagen has been sucked out of his and like half the moisture. Um, yeah. and that's where I was like, lame, you so, know what I mean? Like, the guy, yeah, exactly. I was like, this uh. is like, I, I mean, I want horror, man. I want like, it would have been great if when Clark broke in, she like was like all wide jawed, like, and dripping in blood. And I get that it's, it's a fucking Superman series and it's made for like tweens, I guess. And you know, like it's it's kind of like the young adult crowd. Yeah. Um, well, the thing on. that's weird about that scene is that it's like a practical effect, and the person that, that that's in like the makeup, the whatever, is not even the same actor as the guy who plays Dustin. That is not even the same person. Doesn't surprise as, me. It's not even close. All. Like the like the hair it, it just, is not yeah, even close. That's why I'm like it doesn't surprise me at all because it doesn't look like him at all. Yeah. So the next scene, though, do you recognize this Dr. Hamilton guy? I do. Um, I, but, I mean, like, from a million things. Uh, Total Recall, 
Most, uh, yeah, most prominently for me is he's like Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. Oh, that's another good one. I'm like, Total Recall, <laughs> uh, so that's a good one. I want to yeah. say, was he not, um, I, and I don't know the role he played, I want to say either like Jesus or an angel or whatever in Madonna's Like a Prayer video. Oh, maybe. Maybe. It's him yeah. and Tony Todd. One of, it's, I think it's one of those two, uh, but I am yeah. this shit now. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, but Lex goes to visit this Dr. Hamilton guy. And I was like immediately like, hey, it's Miles Dyson from T2. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's less than welcoming. He hates the internet, um, which is about right for 2001. Uh, most people were still afraid of it, I guess. Or at uh, least this yeah. guy was. Um, so Lex shows an interest in his meteor theory uh, about altering cellular makeup because that's what Lex thinks happens to happen to him. And he's right. Um but lets him know he uh, can find him what he wants. Uh, he, he wanted to find him so he can talk about funding. Um, and just kind of gives him kind of the, well, you know where to find me. And, uh, and leaves. Because uh, it looks like Hamilton's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm going to be honest. I was 100% wrong about the Like a Prayer video. Not even fucking close. Not yeah. even close. <laughs> like, not even fucking close. I have no <laughs> idea why that was in my head. I 100% thought it was him. No. This dude does not <laughs> look like Miles Dyson. No. <laughs> this guy's like, I mean, he looks like a fucking supermodel. It's not even like, whatever. <laughs> I not even close. That's, we'll, 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 not, we'll not interrogate that any further. It's um, not racism. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't say it, Steve. <laughs> Let's move I, past I, it. I, I yeah, I don't know why I thought it was him. Anyway. <laughs> God damn, is it hot in here? I'm it was wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. But so we find out uh, from Chloe uh, that uh, Dustin's in a coma. Uh, he's lost about like 90% of his body fat. Um, and uh, so they sit with Jody um, as she's going to town on some cafeteria grub. Um, and Clark just kind of gives her kind of like a, um, okay? Like kind of a judgy look. This, this sequence bugged me so much. So much. Number one, because everybody's like obviously awkwardly staring at her. Yeah. Just say something. Bring it up. Just be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Like, ask about her mental health, ladies and gentlemen. But not yeah. just that. She's like trying to cut into this fucking whatever it is, chicken, blah, blah, blah. She's got a plastic fork and a plastic knife. Motherfucker. That I'm so angry about that. Irrationally yeah. so. Like it's not put the fucking knife and fork down and eat with your fingers. <laughs> you are that, yourself that. no good. You've you've gotten upset <laughs> at things in this episode, and this is the one. This is this, this is where the the camel's back broke. I think, I'm for you. throwing down the fucking gauntlet on plastic utensils, plastic cutlery. <laughs> should be and i it's not an environmental thing i want to save the environment but it's more about a fucking useless thing they they suck have you ever tried to cut anything with a fucking plastic knife oh <laughs> oh you're so upset uh but I so was but yeah that whole scene i shit you not the entire scene i was like put the fucking fork down yeah like clark's clark's whole thing though is he looks judgy, but I think it's supposed to read as suspicious. Like, I think and, he's putting two and two together. 
I think you nail it. I think you nail it right there because that's what I was thinking. It was like, why are you guys like literally ask her if she's okay? And everyone's just like, uh huh, like okay, like it's 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 very weird because it's almost like they're a lot more judgmental about her now. And I mean, granted, because she's showing very manic behavior. Yeah. Um, but and I mean, I think they do at one point ask her like, "How's everything going?" But it takes it's awkwardly long before someone actually says so how are you right yeah exactly yeah and it it's kind of almost like like right at the very end they finally ask her how she's doing uh and she kind of excuses herself like i'll see you guys tonight yeah well she Um, finally gets like everybody here staring me like i'm a fucking monster i'm out yeah yeah um and then chloe like takes the brownie off of her tray and is like, <laughs> starts opening it. Um, but we get a really quick scene at the mansion that really is just designed for Lex to take a dig at Whitney. And that's all it is. Like, it's like about 45 seconds long. And it's just Lex taking a dig at Whitney. Um, and then back over to the cat. Yeah, because it's another one where he's like, he, he takes a shot at Whitney and... Like, Lana says something like, you don't really like my boyfriend or anything, or something along that lines, and he just looks yeah. at her and he goes, maybe I think you're with the wrong guy. Yeah. And, and it's he said just, that before. Yeah, and, and it's that's what I love about it, because even though it's like a 30-second scene, it's still like, and, and my note just for that one scene is the thing that I love about Lex this early on in the series is that he seems to have the most stable story arc. Like, it is, like, Lex Luthor is easily the most established character in the show, writing-wise. Like, it's like, we know what we're doing with Lex, we know what he's pursuing, we know who he is, we know how he's going to go about getting those things done. And then they just branch off from there. Like, even Clark is not this well-defined at this point. But it's like, Lex needs to know what happened between him and Clark. So what does he do? He's got to embed himself with Clark. How does he get to Clark? With Lana. Yeah. And then he just yeah. starts pushing buttons. It's so fucking well done. Yeah. So um yeah, there's that that scene, like again, yeah, really short but effective. Um and then at the Kents, like Martha asks about the gift again, but uh um Clark's kind of you know waffling a little bit. Well he says he says oh right, he doesn't want to tell her. Like he says, Ah, you said you're gonna butt out. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chloe shows up, um, and they, she's got like information about like the accident that, um, Jody's vehicle was in and they put two and two together. And so they take off to find her. And they put two and two together like really, really quick. Yeah. It's a small little thing. Yeah. They skip a bunch of steps in the middle of there and I'm like, wow, they're getting really good at this. Yeah, they get from they get from A to A to Z pretty fast. Right? It's a weird thing with Smallville that that they do that in quite a few episodes where it's like a mystery for forty five minutes. Yeah, th- and then they'll solve it in thirty seconds. Yeah, like, that thing they- is we're we're like two thirds of the way through the episode, um, and now they're like okay, and they actually they solve the whole uh, thing coming up pretty quickly and there's still a bit of episode left after it yes. like um but like yeah this is the point where they have to they're getting to the end of the runtime and they need to stop the, the bad guy 
So uh, we're um, we're cut back over to Jody's. She looks ready to go. Pete arrives, but then uh, she gets like the munchies again and runs inside to try to hide. And he pursues, but she kind of comes at him and kind of knocks him to the ground and just kind of he's KO'd. Oh, um, okay, that stunt was super well done yeah like it's just a it's a quick easy like little fall back yeah you fall back and you hit your head on the on the on the on the the floor there yeah but i like flinched i was like ow like that looks like it would fucking hurt like it's like uh back to the future michael j fox when he falls out Mm. of the tree gets hit by the car and he smacks his head on the pavement yeah like that it's it's like that level it's so well done i was just like damn good that was really good well done and they probably just like taped a sponge to the back of his head and it's like just hit your head on the ground it's probably something yeah. so simple, but it, it they fucking sold it really good. Yeah, but so so yeah, she's he's he's like knocked out, and she like leans over to to suck at him. Uh, ooh, um, ooh, ooh, dude, <laughs> oh Jesus! Kids listening. God damn, Jesus damn it, Christ. <laughs> I love how like I'm like there's kids listening, and then we both immediately follow up with, "Oh fuck, Jesus Christ, no!" I hope there aren't kids oh, listening. God, no. Actually, but yeah, so yeah, she's gonna she's gonna use her powers on him. There you uh, go. Clark arrives, uh, and she—I think she flees. Like, uh, like she runs away when Clark. Like she, she hears him arrive and then runs out the back door, and Clark finds Pete, but, but yeah. determines he's okay and then goes after her. And yeah, so, yeah. out in the greenhouse, Clark, of course, gets like immediately weakened by the the K in the soil, uh, yeah. and then just gets a shovel in the back of the head. Like this is the part where she actually does. She she's just trying to kill him. Yeah. Now now she's just like willfully like we gotta I gotta. She she needs the Snickers. Yeah. So wait, uh, do you think did she recognize Clark from the first encounter? Do you think? Uh-huh. And now she's just like this guy's following me now. Now I got to put him down. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Potent potentially. I don't think she caught line of sight of him last time, though, but I think she's just, she's going to deal with the situation again, not thinking clearly, right? Like, it's a Snickers commercial. Well, because she, actually, this, uh, even more than before, she was, like, really emotionally distraught before this. Like, she wanted to go with Pete, she was all dressed up, ready to go to the party, and then it was just like, you know, because you you get the feeling that she really had a crush on Pete, really wanted to go, like, she was really excited for this. Uh, this kind of like quote unquote miracle happened to her and then it turned into a, co- a curse. So like you really do kind of feel for her and and then now she's like almost going to kill Pete. She's already kind of killed another guy. She ate a deer and now she's <laughs> just like I um, ate a fucking deer. Ate a whole deer and now and like she, the, the emotions that must be going on in this poor girl's head. She's like now I, I, this guy's gonna fucking find out that I'm killing people. Where do I stop? So like I like I get the whole attacking thing. She is losing it, absolutely. But I think she has more, um, like more reasoning to lose it than anybody else has previously so far i think like the coach was just an asshole bug boy was already kind of like an incel in training you know what i mean like so but she's just you know it's like a a, 
like a fat girl who really was like just she was already putting in the work before the shakes. You heard she was on a diet and she was working out yeah. more. And she was like, like she was trying to better herself and it was just kind of like really harder on herself than she needed to be. And so yeah. like yeah. Anyway, I feel so. Yeah, like she's yeah she's coming to this realization though, and then she like she's distraught enough about it that she's about to finish Clark, and then she sees herself in some shards of glass and then she decides she needs to like end it and she bursts a gas pipe um and then she's gonna kill herself 100 percent. and clark and clark Um, she's not really thinking about clark at this point i don't think yeah no she's just gonna end end herself but uh so but she smashes one of the lamps to spark an explosion of course like clark just barely like super speeds them out just in time but if he's that like his powers still work when he's weakened, but to what extent? Like, if he had been, like, slightly less weakened, would it have worked? Should he, shouldn't he have been, like, injured slightly by the explosion? I like, legitimately did not question that at all. That's a good point, man. How did he have the power to super speed them out of there? How did he not take any damage from the explosion? I mean, like, neither of them are even singed, which is a weird thing. So yeah. he must have gotten them out there before the fire got anywhere near them. Yeah, but, exactly. But that's an excellent point. He shouldn't have had the power to do it. To pick her up and and super speed them out of there. I honestly, especially considering, thought, yeah, expect, considering the fact that he was sprawled on the ground, basically prone and like helpless, right? Well, you totally just hold that plot. Yeah, I mean, you. but like Pete comes comes to and comes out to see like the flaming debris and finds like Clark crouched over her and he's like we need to get her some help um but uh and then it's back over to the Lana's party right like she's out on the balcony and Lex comes out to commiserate about how you know he used to do this all the time at parties spent like seven years in like the coat room at Luther court parties yeah, so he's like, yo, you're not out here getting fresh air. You're out here avoiding the party because you don't want to be. Like, I get it. I get it. Um, and then this is like, because um, this is why I was asking all the questions about Lana's motivations earlier, is because mm-hmm. I think Lana does think that Clark is an option. Yeah. I don't think but she's, she's disappointed. Ready to give up on, yeah, I, I don't think she's ready to give up on Whitney. But I right. look at this, and it's like, it's kind of no wonder that Clark is 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 a possibility but not an option if that makes any sense because yeah. he has up until this point and you have to assume long before this series began he proves mm. entirely unreliable he promises right. he's going to be somewhere and then he's not and i mean we as viewers know well i mean he's out fucking saving the world give the guy a break lana doesn't yeah. know this as far as no. lana knows this is just the second time he stood her up yeah exactly like the date couple episodes ago and now this but yeah, yeah so she's she's sad about it and then at home clark is just gutted that he's he knows that he's uh like disappointed her but um but he gives the parents about uh the download on jody and all that other stuff but they talk about basically how he sometimes will have to make sacrifices and uh it kind of gives them some renewed hope because I think this is the moment where he's like, it's his, this is his aha moment of what to do for Lana for her birthday. I think up to this point, he hadn't had any, um, 
uh, like I really formed idea of what he was going to oh, do. Oh, you think really? Oh, because I thought it happened. Well, no, you're probably right. You're probably right. Or maybe he had the idea, so it was ready. But he thinks that well, I've already missed the party. Like it's so late at night now. Like she's probably in bed. But remember, he goes to throw like uh, things at her window. Yeah. But he, yeah. But he, oh, but before that though, there's like another Lex scene, right? Because yeah. he he's reading a letter. Um, and he goes back over to Hamilton's lab, that kind of, um, whatever. And, and, uh, he kind of applies some pressure to get so, the doctor to work with him. So he's paying Dr. Hamilton to just study the media rocks. Yeah. Keep studying it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, cause Dr. Hamilton wants nothing to do with him. And he like hands him a, an envelope, which with a $100,000 paycheck in there, he's like, I'll fund everything. I'll fund yeah. all of your research. There's a down payment. And, and Hamilton's still resistant. Yeah, and then this Lex, would take years. Yeah. Lex mentioned something that I don't think I ever caught before or just brushed it off or didn't understand mm -hmm. the severity of it. And he's like, so I found out why you're not a teacher anymore. Yeah. Do they, did they make you register? So yeah, he's like uh, legitimately like a, like uh, it's quote unquote sexual predator. Sex offender. Yeah. yeah. He's a sex offender. I was like, God yeah. damn, that's fucking dark. All right. Yeah, exactly. But like Lex does his fucking homework, man. If you get into like, even if it's for a, like, if you haven't crossed him. Yeah. If you've just crossed his path, if Lex Luthor wants something from you, he does his fucking homework on you. Yeah. Like he's good, man. He's such a, uh, such a scary individual. This is, again, I'm going to say it over and over and over again, but this is Lex Luthor done right. And I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there are there are some episodes uh, throughout the series where it does stumble. Like they do lose they lose the uh, they lose lose the plot. They lose the whatever with uh, Lex at times, but it's never as bad as any of the other characters. When well, when they look into Lex's past, yeah, like when they look into Lex's teenage years, they lose a lot. Like it, it go it goes off the rails for a while. It's like this is just dumb. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and I, I think that contributes to Rosenbaum spoilers, kids. Rosenbaum leaving the series early, um, but yeah, when they're nailing Lex, when it's good, it's the best Lex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, th that's the kind of the the Lex replies because Hamilton's like, you know, this could take years, and Lex replies that he's a patient man. And he says that a lot, but, but he he's a lot less patient than he says he is. I mean, but he is patient, and he knows that it will take time. But um, well, that's where we Lex, leave Lex. Yeah, Lex is patient with himself. Lex will play the long game. He's not so patient with the people he hires. No. So he expects the results. Um, yes. But yeah, so at Lana's, Clark is throwing pebbles at her window to get her attention, um, and so she comes out and like. In the background, like Hero is starting to play. Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. I can be your hero, baby. You know, here's the thing: is I had no idea <laughs> that song was that old. I had no idea the first time I heard that song, maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. Maybe. Well, no, mm. I guess it's maybe around the same time. Pretty close. Yeah. But I was like. I, I I don't remember that song. There's songs that are in my mind intrinsically tied to Smallville. 
I don't yeah. ever remember hearing that song. The only reason I remember that is because one day I was like watching TV and Jennifer Love Hewitt showed up on my TV and I was like, oh, I'm watching this. And it yeah. was the <laughs> and, uh, and it was yeah. the Jennifer Love Hewitt, Enrique Iglesias, Mickey Rourke. It was a fucking good video. It's a good song too. <laughs> it's it's, it's on, yeah. and I mean, like I obviously didn't do it justice on the podcast, but it's on my karaoke go-to list. Right. So, but so so it's playing in the background, and he apologizes and wants to give her a present, and she's like, "Now?" And he's like, "Yeah." And so it turns out to be like really good. Like he created the drive-in, like the heartfelt gift of giving her the drive-in complete with the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, so that gets a quick cut from, uh, oh, I want to give you your gift. And she's like mad at him. And she's like, now, really? And he's like, yeah, come on, get down here. And she kind of like begrudgingly like, oh, but like watched to roll her eyes and watched yeah. him mad. But at the same time, like as she's backing away from the window, she kind of smiles like, this is cute. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, at least he's sorry that he ditched me. Um, and then like you cut and you see Clark eating popcorn and she's like adorably like kind of like, leaned forward on her seat drinking a pop yeah. or whatever and he looks yeah. over and he's like are you having a good time or whatever she's like shut up pass me the popcorn and it's yeah. like the cutest moment between the two of them and then you get a shot from outside and they're in the truck i missed the color of the truck i'm sorry i missed it but he's got a the blue kent truck blue kent truck but he's got a projector set up on the top of it and a sheet pulled across the side of the barn projecting bugs money owned by warner brothers so they, i'm sure they didn't have to pay yeah. any copyright and we, and we get a that's all folks yeah, fantastic, fantastic ending. Like, yeah. really, really paid off. Huge baller move from Clark. Um, and it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, yay, Lana's birthday is the beeline. What an important storyline. But fuck, does it pay off really well? Yeah, really good ending for that. Like, listen, like, like they, don't, they don't always do all the work to get to these moments in, like, a, in a, a way that you can really appreciate appreciate it but they sometimes stick the landing pretty good yeah uh, yeah and they really did in this one they really yeah. the, the the funny thing is in this episode the a story is the worst yeah because yeah. like the lana story is the, the in terms of resolution and, right yeah well I, I mean in terms of the whole thing it's a villain of the week thing it's kind of weak it's it's yeah. like no clark doesn't get any new powers it doesn't it doesn't even like pete is directly involved with the main villain but it doesn't grow pete's character anymore no oh. um it doesn't it doesn't really like lana's the birthday party plot is weak but the payoff is incredible yeah and then the lex showing you how he gets people to work for him the c storyline is is actually probably the most impressive out of all of them but has the shortest screen time yeah it's the i, I think yeah the screen time that the A storyline gets doesn't do it any favors. And I think Lex's, uh, they really get a lot of economy out of those really short scenes. Yes, like a ton. Um, uh, they, yeah, it's just more establishing who Lex's character is, even though he's yeah. already been very well established. Like it's, man. Now, I, yeah. I can't. Like, I know that you said, and I didn't know that Rosenbaum won an Emmy for it, but he should have won more than one. Yeah, I think he, he was he was nominated only three times for Smallville, and and all within, like, the first three years of the show. That kind of makes sense, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, fantastic episode. Well, no, 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 it's not. I'm lying. Good episode, enjoyable. Good res- we actually got good super ending. long on it, which surprises me. Yeah. I thought we were going to breeze through this one in like 40 minutes because what was there to talk about? Yeah, exactly. Apparently a lot. But there always is. Well, we went on tangents. <laughs> we really did. We really did. Yeah. Uh, you guys, let us know what you think about like the length of episodes and whatnot because I, I enjoy making these. I enjoy recording them. And I kind of enjoy the spontaneity of going off the rails if we need to or feel like it. Um, but if you guys want us to like stick to it and try to shorten things and make a concerted effort to make them shorter, we can do that. But again, we need your feedback. Um, yay for Amy Adams. That's all I've got. Yeah. Paul, what happens on the next episode of Smallville? On the next episode of Smallville, episode eight jitters. An ex-Luther Corp employee insists that the spasmodic rages that sometimes grip him are the result of an incident that occurred on the planet's secret level three. But if there is a level three, why doesn't Lex know anything about it? Oh, shit, man. This is actually, I'm super surprised that they're introducing this this early in the series. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think I thought about this as, like, I thought Lex did know about it. Um, well, but we'll, like, we'll, we'll get we'll get to it in the, in the actual episode. But yeah, yeah it I, is early on some I, conspiracy I, shit. I and I do recall that like it is kind of a weird mystery and it is like a bone of contention between Lex and Lionel for a while. But I honestly thought this was like a season two storyline. Uh, so yeah. I'm actually super surprised. Like episode eight, we're already getting into the level three stuff, and I thought it was level thirty three for some reason. Uh, I think that's level thirty-one or something like that, or uh, yeah, something like that. It's like on in an in an elevator. There's yeah, like an elevator like a, in Luther Corp or something like that. Level thirty-three and a half or a thirty-one and right. a half, something like that. It's like thirty-three point one, thirty-three point one. That's what it is. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and we'll get there eventually too. Really great stuff. Really great stuff. Right. Um, well, I the guess... next episode too. Like, there's like like the the uh, the ex Luther Corp employee they're talking about there is played by Tony motherfucking Todd. Hey, the Candyman. Yeah. Uh, that's and like Kern. A... And Kern from Star Trek. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. And that's right. The um, brother of Worf. Was he his anyway, brother? Yeah. Oh, yes, he was. He totally was. You're right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's it, Paul. Do you want to ride us into the sunset here? Yeah. I mean, that's all we've got for this episode but as always whew, somebody save us